Today's show is sponsored by our good friends over at Tortuga Backpacks. And no matter what destination you are heading to, whether that is Cape Town or Croatia or Chiang Mai or Portland or Portugal or any other place that we haven't even done a Destination Diaries episode for yet, you need to make sure that you have the right luggage. And we always recommend traveling with just a carry-on. So if you're looking to do the same thing and you only want to travel with a carry-on, but you want to make sure that it is the best size and it is high quality, I I highly recommend you check out Tortuga Backpacks. You can go on over to tortugabackpacks.com. And if you see something that you like and you end up picking something up, make sure to use the promo code EPOP. That's E-P-O-P, all capital letters, because that will get you 10% off your entire order. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 193. South Africa is the world's second largest exporter of fruit, and it has the world's longest wine route. We tried to make it all the way through, in the name of research, of course. One, two, three. I'll show you Paris in the morning. I'll show you London afternoon. If you feel your Dublin heart is Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is a person who loves to run but hates to hike upstairs. My wife and constant travel companion, Heather. Hey, everyone. So, Heth, this is going to come up throughout the show, I think, of why you hate stairs, correct? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it will come up. (laughs) So we are going to be doing a show today, guys, a destination diary about a trip that we just took to one of my favorite cities in the world now. And I can't speak for you, but maybe you can speak for you. Cape Town, South Africa, what is your initial impression? Because we just got back about a week ago. Well, when we arrived, it was about 9 p.m. at night. So my first impression wasn't really that exciting because it was dark and we went to our hotel and we went to bed. Okay. (laughs) However, the next day, the impression was pretty good because we honestly had the most epic first day we've ever had in any place anywhere in the world, which we will get into throughout this whole podcast. But And it wasn't planned. We just knew we had to get up so we could fight the jet lag because I think it's nine hours ahead of us on the East Coast here. Right. And we'd had a pretty long journey with a couple layovers in order to get to Cape Town. But the thing that strikes you the most about the city, I think, is the landscape. Yeah, the scenery is absolutely gorgeous. All right. So we're doing it. Let's back up a little bit. We're doing a Destination Diary episode. So if you guys are new to the podcast and you don't know what that is, have to fill them in a little bit on what we do during Destination Diary episodes because it's a we've done about eight of them now, I believe. Yeah. Well, basically, we just tell you our opinion of what we do, what we liked, what we didn't like, or on the ground information about a general area, whether it's a country, whether it's a city. Yeah. It's, it's like a live guidebook, but it's... It's by people who have been there, who have experienced it, and it's kind of an unfiltered opinion about it. Now, with Cape Town, most of the stuff is going to be very, very good, but we don't gloss over things. We're not like, everything's perfect. We will tell you some of the places to avoid, and usually we go through and we tell you where we stayed, where we ate, which is a lot of places usually, um, and activities that we did, and then we touch on transportation, all these other little things. So if you haven't been to Cape Town and you're wondering like, okay, I'm planning on going there. I want to go there. What do I need to know? We try to hit on all that from our own experience and our own perspective. And we've done eight of them so far. I'm cheating because I have a list here. But can you name all the other eight destination diaries that we've done so far? Because it's been about 40 episodes since we last did one. Yeah, you're really putting me on the spot. So I know we've done one in Portugal because our friends just went and they told me they listened to our podcast to prepare. Uh, So Portugal, um, India, Chiang Mai... Another PO, but it's a city in the U.S. Portland, Philadelphia. I know we've done one on Philadelphia. We have. You're missing one. Your favorite country in the world. 
Croatia? Croatia. Croatia. We did one on Croatia. Yeah, we did one on Croatia. See, we're even forgetting now that we're 190 (laughs) episodes in. We also then brought on guests to do one on Santiago de Compostela, Spain. So my sister came on to talk about that. We have been there, but she lives there, so she knows it much better. So she dives into the best things to do there. And we did one at... um, for Guatemala, where we actually haven't been. So that was cool because I got to interview EPOP superfans Rob and David, who we hung out with in Chiang Mai. I interviewed them live about Guatemala because they've spent months there before. And they, oh man, that's a great episode. If you want to know anything about Guatemala, these guys know everything. It definitely made me want to fly there immediately. Yeah, so we will link up all those in the show notes, but you can look if you're scrolling through on iTunes or anything like that. You can look on, you know, look for Destination Diary. That's what we call them. There's eight other ones. So if you like this and you and you want to dig into some of the other places, or you just want to listen to our experiences for where we've been to kind of get an idea of maybe you want to go there, maybe you don't want to go there, kind of see what it's like. Uh, check out those Destination Diary episodes. I will in the top of the show, usually I wait till the end of the show to say this, but there's a new technology we're employing. And it's really cool. So if you guys are listening, a lot of people listen on their iPhones, right? You know, while you're at the gym or while you're in the car or whatever. If you want to join our Extra Pack of Peanuts email list, you don't even have to go to the Extra Pack of Peanuts site anymore. You can do something really, really cool. And all you have to do is text the word peanuts, P-E-A-N-U-T-S, to the number 33444. Wait, how do you spell peanuts? They get it. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to make sure. So text peanuts, P-E-A-N-U-T-S, to the number 33444. That'll shoot you a text back so you know it'll work. And you just have to put your email address in and then you will automatically be subscribed to our newsletter. So if you've been a podcast listener for a while, or even if you're just starting out and you're not a member of our newsletter yet, hop on that because we just did a brand new five video series about how we always find the cheapest flights everywhere. So I took a lot of time filming these videos. It's pretty awesome. We've gotten great feedback. So join our email newsletter list there. And Heth, I think it's time to dive into our Destination Diary Cape Town now. All right. So... Basically, we did three different areas, right? We spent a lot of time in Cape Town in the city. We went to the wine region, and then we did a coastal drive, which wasn't really coastal, but we'll get into that. And that was the garden route. The garden so route. We'll, and how we're going to do this, then we'll split them up into those sections so it's a little easier for you guys to digest. And and you know they all kind of coalesce into one because they're all close to each other than the Cape Town area. But yeah, let's start with, quote unquote, Cape Town or downtown Cape Town, the city. And we'll start with where we stayed and what we recommend. All right. But first, I think it might be better to just throw out the transportation part, encompassing the whole thing. Yes. So when we arrived in Cape Town, we rented a car. So we were told by our friend, Nate Buchanan, he had been to Cape Town a couple months before we went. He said he rented a car. So we decided to rent a car. It was pretty cheap. How much was it per day? $12, $13 a day. Uh, You can find parking most everywhere. It's very easy to drive. It's accessible. That was the thing about Cape Town that surprised me. Usually when you're going to a city, you know, you don't want to rent a car. It's a burden. But for for Cape Town, it's easy to get around. You are driving on the other side of the road. And and it's usually a stick. Most of the cars they have there are stick shift. So you're shifting with your left hand. It's a little awkward at first. But there's parking everywhere in the city. And even if it's paid parking, it's cheap. I mean, you're talking like a dollar an hour to park in a garage or overnight at the hotels. It was like 50 Rand, which is about $4. So it's really cheap and it's easy to find parking. So we highly recommend renting a car because it allows you to get around the city, but also get to all these other places we're going to talk about. Right. And another thing to mention is that they have these people who help you park. So you might feel a little bit disconcerted at first when someone just like walks up to you because sometimes they're official city representatives and other times they're just random people wearing an orange vest. Anyway... You give them a couple cents, like 50 cents, and they'll help you park your car and they'll look after your car right. while you're away to keep it safe. So it's, it's a pretty cool system. It's cool and it's that. completely acceptable and normal. So don't feel like it's some scam because it's just what everybody does there in Cape Town. Yeah. And the public transport isn't that. I mean, you can take buses and all, but it's not it's not easy and it's not great. Um, so renting a car, yeah, to get that out of the way, we did it. I was a little hesitant to do it because I, you know, you don't want to have a car in a city. As you said, it can be a burden, but this actually, it wasn't. It allowed right. us to do a lot of stuff. And one other thing you can do if you want is the red bus. Yes, the, tour, we, the tourist bus. We actually didn't do it because we had the car and I don't know, we just never got we around never had to time. it. But it comes highly recommended and I it's think it's pretty cool. It's a hop on, cool. hop off. 
Yeah, it's a hop on hop hop off bus. It goes all over. You can't miss them. There are these red double decker Cape Town tourism buses. Yeah, and our friend Jacqueline recommended we do this right when we got in, and because we had her in a car, we didn't need to. But we would recommend that as well because you can get a one or two day pass, and it will take you to all the main areas. And like I said, you can hop on hop off. They're always coming around. It's really good. So, and it's it's something like eighteen dollars a day or, or something like that. So it's cheap, and it will get you to all the main points that you want to hit. So even if you only have a little time in Cape Town, that might be a really good way to do it if you don't want to get a car and you don't drive stick or something like that. So Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I should All mention right. too, I love Cape Town. I kind of, at the, at the I didn't sell it that much in the beginning, but this city is <laughs> awesome. Like just the overview, this is one of my favorite cities in the world. So I'm excited to tell you guys about all the food and everything we did. Yeah. Okay. So where we started off the podcast is our first impression of Cape Town. So we're going to start with where we stayed, then we're going to talk about where we ate and then what we did. Yeah. So our first overall impression, like I said, the first night we got in pretty late, but the next day we woke up and we met our friend Jacqueline at the waterfront. And this is one of our friends, Travis. She Okay. She's our friend now, but right, she was like a virtual friend, as you've talked she about. She was a friend of a friend. One <laughs> a friend of my of friends friend. knew she lived down there and recommended I meet up. And then she's, I sent her an email, and sure enough, she was like the best tour guide any person could ever want Absolutely. in Cape Town. So one of the best ways to combat jet lag, as we've talked about before, is to set up a schedule for your first day so that you have a reason to wake up. And let me tell you, we were meeting her at noon, and when the alarm went off at 10.30, and then it went off at 11, we were pulling ourselves out of bed. But it was well worth it. It was well worth it. So we spent that night at the Park Inn. And, um, you know, Cape Town has a lot of boutique hotels. They also have a lot of guest houses, things like that. We unfortunately never got to stay in any guest house. We had a bunch of hotel points to burn through. So we stayed at the Park Inn. Really nice. I mean, nice enough. Uh, good area. Um, and you can get a place there for about $60 a night. You know, it was fine, and it, and it, it included free breakfast. So, if you want a, a decent, centrally located, cheaper hotel, the park in there is definitely. I, I would recommend it. Yeah, it was really nice and comfortable to stay in. Yeah, and then we moved on to something a little more luxurious because again, we had points. Mm -hmm. So we stayed at the Radisson Blue on the waterfront, and it was a beautiful hotel, literally on the water. It had its own private jetty that you could walk on. It had an outdoor restaurant area where you could just sit and have wine or have food. It was a really, really relaxing, luxurious experience. Yeah, and that runs, I, I price checked it a little bit. It, it comes up as like $220 a night. So we probably wouldn't, we wouldn't stay there if we were paying cash, most likely, but we end up using points. But if you want something nicer and you want it to be a little exclusive, um, yeah, it was, it was a very, very nice hotel. And what we did when we came back to Cape Town then, because we did about five days downtown Cape Town, then we went to wine country for four days, then we went on the garden route for about four or five days, and then we came back to Cape Town for a couple, is then we did an Airbnb for our last four nights in Cape Town. And that I would highly recommend as well because there's so many Airbnb properties there. Yeah, you can find anything. It completely runs the gamut of being, you know, cheap to very expensive. We found one. It's just mid-range, maybe sixty dollars. Sixty dollars a night. Sixty-five dollars. Three a night. of us, uh, Trav and me, and my sister. And yeah, it was a great apartment right in Greenpoint, which is a fun neighborhood with lots of restaurants you can easily walk to. And a good thing about this place was that it had a security guard and a parking garage that we could leave our car in. Because Cape Town is pretty safe, but it's not safe like Europe and the U.S. are safe. It can be a little dicey and... There's a little word of wisdom that it's a little more dangerous at night. You don't really want to be walking around, especially alone at night. You can go out at night. Of course, it's after dark, you can go out. But you want to make sure that you either are taking an Uber. You're not walking blocks yeah. and Uber, blocks Uber, taxi, and blocks. driving. Drive somewhere, park your car, and make sure your destination's only you know within a few blocks so you can get back to your car easily. Just, just because it's a little bit safer to practice um, this way. Yeah. Walking at night, not really recommended um, for, for long distances or anything like that. Airbnb is great. Greenpoint's a great area. Seapoint's a great area. You can stay in the gardens and places like that if you want to be a little closer to like the city center. But they all have a ton of stuff to go on. I'm not going to nerd out too much on neighborhoods because um, I do love neighborhoods. But Airbnb, I would, I would recommend. And there's a lot in that area in Greenpoint and Seapoint, a lot of new condos. So you'll get a lot of these 
nice amenities and things like that, places with pools and hot tubs and um, relatively cheap. So that's where we stayed in downtown Cape Town. Um, again, there's a lot of other options and boutique places that that seem pretty cool that we didn't get to stay at. Let's move on, though, to eating because this was obviously one of our favorite things to do. Well, As anywhere, it is. anywhere, but especially in Cape Town because the food was really good. Starting with the V&A food market. So the V&A waterfront is kind of the thing to do when you get into Cape Town. And that's where we went our first day. And they have a food market there. Yeah. So it's this great big outdoor space. There's a brand new shopping mall there. And there's all sorts of kiosks where you can book lots of different trips and there's lots of different restaurants, but some of the restaurants are pretty touristy and some can be a little overpriced. So, including <laughs> a one that we will tell you to avoid. We told you we don't pull punches on these destination diaries. Avoid key four. Key like Q U A Y four. We ate there <sighs> our first night it because awful. it was right there at the waterfront. We it wanted seafood. Expensive. I mean, relatively and really bad. And food. it's a chain. So you'll see it in other cities and other towns nearby. Just don't go there. It was absolutely awful. But a place that we did love was the food market at the V&A Waterfront. And that's open from like 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Yeah. And it is in this brick building. It's kind of like a warehouse, but it's smaller than a warehouse. And it just has probably 30, 20 to 30 vendors inside. Lots of great food, completely different types of stuff like samosas and wraps and Hungarian flatbread pizzas that have. Yeah, so good. I had it at least three or four times when we were there. Pretty cheap. So definitely recommend going there. Yeah, and we're talking so you know, we're gonna give you prices in dollars and rand. When we went, the rand was thirteen rand to one US dollar, so it was really good for the US dollar. So we're, you know, you could get like a flatbread pizza for three, four dollars. You would get a wrap for three, four dollars. So some of our favorite places in there was the Hungarian pizza place. You'll see that, Heather, as she mentioned, three or four times there. There's a wrap place in the back that has a really good vegetarian wrap. There's a Turkish guy who's actually from Buffalo, New York. We got to talking. Really nice guy. He makes like, you know, paninis and, and filo dough sandwiches, like just really interesting stuff. And um, there's also an ice cream place there Great called the Creamery. Great juice bar. Lots of fantastic places to eat in there. And it's just Ooh, Heth, really bonus convenient. Tip. The ice cream place, the creamery, they let you split scoop, which we love because that means you're only paying for one scoop of ice cream, but you're allowed two flavors. Yeah. And then you're not having too much ice cream. Yeah. So the creamery is a good place there. So just walk in, get what fits your fancy. We went there two, probably three or four times just for lunch because you can get anything you want. It's cheap and it's fun, including they have Heather's favorite coffee. Yeah. So my favorite coffee place in Cape Town and possibly a contender for the best in the world Truth Coffee. So it's so good. Their philosophy is you don't even need to put sugar in it. They just make it straight, wonderful. It's so delicious. I wish I had a cup right now on this rainy evening that we're recording this podcast, but they have um, a whole restaurant coffee shop in this old restored warehouse not right, well, at the waterfront, the, right, but at right. the waterfront, they have just a stand. So you can easily just get any type of coffee. You can buy beans there. Uh, so definitely check that out. But if but you want to go to their flagship restaurant, yeah, but go to the flagship restaurant. It's a completely renovated steampunk style if, warehouse. If you don't know what steampunk means, don't worry. If you do, well, then you should definitely go there yeah. because you're it's one of very the three cool. people in the world who know yeah, what steampunk Yeah, it's very is. trendy. It's very hipster, but they have amazing food. It feels very very fresh, very like farm to table type stuff. And of course, awesome coffee. Yeah. And not that expensive. You got an incredible BLT with like honey and melted brie on it. Oh my god! They just do unique things. Yeah. I got a big chicken burger and each was like six bucks. And again, they have great coffee and it's an awesome building. So even if you don't like coffee, like I don't drink coffee, go. It's worth it. It's in an, a, a neater neighborhood called District 6, which is gentrifying. Don't go there at night, but go there during the day. Um, Really neat place. We should mention while we're on the, on the fact of coffee, there's another coffee place that you ranked a close second behind True. So you have two really good coffee places. Yeah, they were both exceptional. This other one is called Origin. And again, it's just delicious coffee. No matter how you like your coffee, every cup will be good. And Travis particularly likes the hot chocolate here. Yeah. So there is a stand of uh, at Origin at the waterfront as well. And Heather went to try the coffee. She's like, oh, this is almost as good as Truth, but not quite as good. I got a hot chocolate. It was the best hot chocolate. Let me say, it was tied for the best hot chocolate. I can't make a bold statement say it was better because it was that awesome one that we got in Prague at um, Cafe Louvre. But this was just as good. 
And again, it's like a dollar fifty. Oh and then gosh. I went back to Truth and got hot chocolate there because I have to good. taste test hot chocolate. Yeah. If Heather's taste, it's all part coffee, of the job. All part of the job. And Origin was better. So Origin has a has a stand there. They also have their own store as well near uh, in the Greenpoint area. So yeah, just lots of good coffee and and things like that. Some of the other restaurants. I mean, we've we've got a lot to talk about here with restaurants. So we'll kind of run through them. Um, we could talk, we could do a whole episode on just eating, but well, since we're on the subject of drinking, why don't you talk about your favorite okay. place to drink? Let, let's go there. Um, Heather loves the coffee. I love the craft beer. I tried forever to get good craft beers. <laughs> I mean, 10 days before yes. you even found this. Yes. And so we are finally at a market, which we'll talk about a little later, the old biscuit mill Saturday market. And we were there and I asked the guy who was running this bar, I'm like, man, does, did do they have good IPAs or anything hoppy anywhere here in South Africa? Because they're really proud of their craft beer because it's like a new thing. But it all sucked. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, I it wasn't mean, awful, it but it wasn't it the best. It suck. But if you want an IPA, you get an IPA and it doesn't taste like hops. Well, yeah. there's something wrong. Yeah. So this guy gave me one. He said, this is a Devil's Peak one. This is the closest you're going to get. And I tried it and it was actually pretty good. And he said, well, Devil's Peak has a tap room right around the corner from this market. In this, And so we went to the tap room later. We actually went back twice. We actually recorded a podcast there yes, for once. Yes, we did. And that's our 27 Travel Quirks podcast, if you listen to that. And the Devil's Peak Tap Room was awesome because they have great beer. It's a cool building. And they also have really, really good food. So on Tuesday night, we happened to go on a Tuesday night happenstance. It was our, la- our last night there. And they had like, it was, we went at three to record a podcast. No one was there. We went back at five and it was, we Packed. couldn't even get a seat. We're like, what? It's a Tuesday night. Well, they do a thing where they have live music. Rugby was on TV because there's Rugby World Cup. And they also do a, a burger and beer for like $4. Yeah. It's a special. So, and re- a really good burger. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're there Tuesday, definitely check it out. Any other time, the food is still pretty cheap. We had a lamb burger that was really good. And the beers are are pretty good quality. The best we had in South Africa and on par with a good brewery in America. So if you like beer, head to the Devil's Peak Tap Room. You can also try the Beer House, which is on Long Street, which is kind of like one of the main streets in Cape Town. And it has 99 beers. And a lot of them are craft beers from South yeah. Africa. They, you know, They're go not and, great. Go and try. They actually, you know, go and try if you want. It's kind of cool. Don't go on Harry Potter trivia night, which we did by accident. Yeah. But I mean, if you're not as much of a beer snob as Trav, you might enjoy the beer a little more at the beer house. Sure. But. Sure. So some of the restaurants building on that that we went to had one that you loved was a place called Ruby's Cafe, which is on the Klein Roseboom uh, winery. Right. So this was actually outside Cape Town, which was another reason why it was so great to have a car. One day we went with Jacqueline on this whole adventure Cape Town tour, and she took us to this winery, which was so cute, had a great little tasting room and a wonderful cafe where we had some of the best salads of the whole trip. And you had a burger there that was good. Yeah. And it was just really nice atmosphere and good food and really affordable. It was, I mean, I mean, it's cheap. It, yeah, when we talk like a four, when we say it's cheap, it's like four bucks. When we say yeah. it's like upscale, it's like 10 bucks. Yeah. Some of that's because of the good conversion rate right now, but hopefully that stays the same. Then if you go south of Cape Town on another, this area called Constantia, that's another wine area, but we're not all the way out to the main wine area that we're going to talk about, Stellenbosch, later. Um, there's a winery there called Groot Constantia, and there's a restaurant there called, I'm going to bungle it, but it's called like Yonker House or something yeah, like that. We'll link everything in the Dutch. show notes. But this winery is stunning. It has such a great presence because you drive up and it's this huge estate with all these Dutch, these white Dutch buildings and lots of gardens and like tree lined paths. So it's beautiful to walk around. It's, I'm sure the tasting would be good. We went and the tasting was closed that day, but the restaurant itself was like being in a provincial um Manor. Manor or farmhouse. It was very cute inside and just really elegantly styled. And then we had a tasting plate because one of the things that they're known for is having more local South African cuisine. Right. Like Malay cuisine is is the term from it. And that it's not really... It used to be Malaysian people would come and settle there, but now it just means a mixture of... Um, kind of Middle Eastern type cuisine. And uh, it was really good. And this was Jacqueline, the, our friend who took us all around and showed us an awesome time in Cape Town. She's been everywhere. She said this is her favorite, quote unquote, upscale restaurant in 
um, South Africa in Cape Town. And when we say upscale again, a meal's like eight to twelve dollars about. Um, and it was really, really good. We got awesome desserts. This was like a pre-dinner tasting plate <laughs> and dessert. We had the Malva cake, Malva pudding, and and one of the cakes too. Yeah, and it was just this really good. Really delicious food. So so many awesome places to go and explore in Cape Town and in the little surrounding areas. And, and with a car, you can get there in twenty minutes, and you can also get up to the other one that we said, Ruby Cafe, in about twenty minutes north. The other is about twenty minutes south. Um, in Cape Town itself, we went. For another upscale meal, well, this is like, you know, we say upscale. We actually ate yeah, out at nicer places. You know places. that Travis is cheap, right? So if he's allowing us to go to a gourmet restaurant, like a couple on one trip, you know, it's not that expensive. Yeah. So we <laughs> went to this place our last night there um, because we wanted to eat a nice meal and it was called Beluga and it's right down in Greenpoint and the... Uh, you know, uh, Prince Harry or Prince William, one of them ate there and, you know, Kiefer Sutherland comes here. I, when you type best restaurants in Cape Town, this always comes up as one of the contenders. And we went and they have a really good deal that's a three-course uh, meal for 190 Rand, which now comes out to about 14 US dollars. And you get really good appetizers. They have good sushi and all because it's, it's um, a seafood restaurant and sushi restaurant as well. So we got like good sushi as an appetizer. You, you can get, get a main course and yeah. then you have dessert. And it was so delicious. My sister got, what's the, the springbok. animal? The springbok. I can't remember the name of this animal, even though it's also the rugby team. But <laughs> the springbok was really good and tender. And, you know, I'm not a big red meat red fan. meat eater yeah but. springbok is is a, it's like a type of antelope or gazelle bigger than a deer and they cooked it perfect like usually you know you get deer venison it's it's hard to cook well because it's dry this was perfect i got some calamari which was good heft you got these beef ribs you don't again usually eat red meat they were good but I just, the springbok i took pulled the cake. a travis i was i said what do you recommend because i was leaning towards something else and he's like get the ribs <laughs> yeah and so, they were good so were good. a really cool ambiance if you want a nice meal if you want a romantic meal or even if you just want a nice ambiance and, and to have a nice meal beluga we highly recommend a few of the other places we went arnold's on Kloof, everyone had told us to go to Arnold's for breakfast. We went. It was like 1130. We didn't know they had an all-day breakfast menu, so we ordered lunch, which was okay. And it's yeah. a cool area. Like, the Kloof area Street is, is, cool. is neat. Um, but I would... They have an all-day breakfast menu. So if you're there, get the breakfast. We didn't get to try it, but everyone swears that this is some of the best breakfast in Cape Town. And then right up the road from that... We went to this place called Beleza, Beleza, Beleza. It was a really cute cafe restaurant that was German. It was Portuguese, Portuguese? slash Italian, but we went for pastries because Heather wanted a coffee and they yeah. had a sign saying that origin coffee. Right. So it had coffee and then we had this really delicious banana cake and they also had banana peanut butter cake. Yeah. It, it was, was awesome. So good. And then we had banana crepes, bacon crepes. Yeah. Anyway, we did not place. lose weight on this trip, folks. <laughs> FYI, surprise. It was a very cute, eclectic place, and it was right around the corner in that whole area of the gardens neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, it's really fun to just wander around, walk up the streets. It's pretty hilly there. It's kind of like San Francisco in that general area because you're getting up to Table Mountain and, and the Lion's Head area, but it's cool. So yeah, it's definitely cool. wander so around. Wander around. Good, good restaurants. Um, a few more. We'll just run through these. Uh, we ate at a place called Pity, uh, which is like a which is like a pasta place. It's a chain. It's pasta pizza place. Pretty good for a, a you know for a chain place and just something quick. Um, we also went to a really good Ethiopian place. First time we had ever eaten Ethiopian food. This is right down next to Long Street as well, called Addis in Cape. And if you're looking for Thai food, we tried two different places. The one that was better was called Sawadi, which. Um, which is right also in the gardens area. So just to yeah. kind of round that out. Um, but the, the highlight of our eating experience was the old biscuit mill. And this could fall under the things to do. So we'll, we'll use this as a transition into also what to do in downtown Cape Town. So the old biscuit mill is this renovated biscuit mill. It's like this big factory that now has all these artisan shops and restaurants in it. And it is so cool. It was one of my favorite things that we did in Cape Town. And on Saturdays, they have this amazing market that they started, I think it was about five years ago, because the area that it's in called Woodstock, Travis, Woodstock. is 
pretty dicey still. It's, it's, I think it's way nicer than it was yes, five years ago. But it's slowly on the path to gentrification. And, and one of the reasons is this old biscuit this mill biscuit because mill. they call it a mini Brooklyn. Like this yeah. little area it's around. And it around totally feels like that. So it really feels like that. And they have a market on Saturday, which is huge. And I mean, we win and it's like spring season when we were there. So it's not even summer or anything like that. It was pouring rain it was so windy you would think everybody would stay at home no they all came to the saturday market at the biscuit mill it is that good and they have so many amazing little food stalls oh my gosh it it was crazy so the old biscuit mill itself is open every day or i think i think every day with all the regular stores that are in the mill but then they set up all the tents and all the food and that's only on saturday but you walk in and I didn't even know there was two sections. So I walk in and some guy talks me into buying his little like pastries and they're pretty good. And that's like three steps in. And then I, you're pushing through people and then you realize there's a whole nother section. So we ate at it. Li- we ate at probably eight different places, like just picking little things like sandwich, oh, yeah, sandwich sure. here, mm-hmm. a little pancake thing here. It was such a cool experience. They have drinks there. I got a slushy gin and tonic at one place, which was not the best, but. It's Whatever, a slushy gin yeah. and tonic at 11 a.m. It can't <laughs> be bad. You know, that's where the guy gave me the good beer. So it's just a really cool area. You definitely, if you're there on a Saturday, go to the old biscuit mill for the market. And, and go to the not- old biscuit mill anytime, but it's not the same. No, I mean, go anytime. Go more than once. Go twice. But on Saturday, they also have, it's not just food. So there's a huge food market. But then they also have other stalls, just pop-up shops out in the courtyard, selling all different types of things, clothes, leather goods, really cool stuff. I found an amazing top by some local designer there that was just really cool and fun. And it was kind of expensive for the being in Cape Town. I think it was like $30, but it was really cool. And, you know, they just had very well-made, interesting stuff. And it's cool to go to places like that because then you can support like the local industry and all these people trying to do something different, you know, entrepreneurs. And it's fun. It was fun. Um, so definitely hit up the old biscuit mill. Other things to do, man. There, the the thing I love about Cape Town, there, there's, a, there's a lot. But one of the things is there's so much to do and it's also so easy to get out of the city center. And I, I should have mentioned this in the beginning. I think my favorite thing about the city was when you're in the city, it's easy to go 20 minutes north up to up to a beach. You know, it's easy to go 20 minutes down to a beach town. It's easy to go 20, 25 minutes um, east to wine country. You know, it, there's so much to do in the city, and then it's so easy to get out and be totally away from it, which is which is pretty cool. Um, the main thing, you know, when you go in and you see. Uh, if you've seen picture of Cape Town, is Table Mountain and the, and the mountains that lead right up to the to the city, and then on the other side is the ocean. And uh, we hiked Table Mountain, and uh, this is where the stairs come in, you know. And it I'll let you. Was awful. Would you recommend people hike Table Mountain? Yes. Okay, so even though Heather said it was awful, <laughs> she'd recommend it. I but loved it. My sister, I don't think maybe would recommend it because she did not enjoy the hike. Travis is really good at stairs. I don't know why it's the way his body is made. I'm short. He uh, he can hoof it upstairs faster than most people I know, and he doesn't even really break sweat. Me, on the other hand, I'm like having to take breaks every five minutes because it's so tiring for my legs. I hate it. I despise it. And we're always doing stairs. You know, we're in Florence and we're like hiking up the tower. And that's like how many? Like 600 stairs? I don't know. But I will. I, I appreciate the compliment of me not getting tired. But I was tired at this hike. So this hike. Platin Clip Gorge is the one that you'll take. Just keep that in your mind. Ask anyone about it. It starts with PL. Maybe if you're prepared, it wouldn't be so bad. So basically, this hike is, you know, rocks that you have to climb. And in some areas, they are kind of like stairs. When Heather says climb, she doesn't mean you're actually rock climbing. She means you're like walking up them. You're walking up them, but they're not uniform stairs. No, it's not stairs. It's a mountain. They're rocks. And so it's it sucks. And the whole entire, it's like 95% rock stairs. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> it takes about two and a half hours to get up and um, it's beautiful at the top. You can ride the cable car up and down. What we did was we hiked it. It was really fun. Um, you know, I would say definitely, definitely wear sneakers and like appropriate shoes, 
bring water, bring a backpack with some food, bring sun cream, all that kind of stuff, because it isn't like a walk in the park, okay? You are hiking up the mountain, and um, but it's well worth it when you get to the top. And yeah, it is. And we it- rode the cable car down, and that's I think a lot of people treat themselves to a ride down. Yeah, so it's a nice hike, but it is a little more challenging. You can also hike the lion's head, which is more like a path hike. You know what I mean? And it kind of wraps around It's more like a walk. More but- like a walking hike, whereas... The Table Mountain hike is just, it's straight up. It's very steep. So yeah. it's a different type of hike. And unfortunately, we didn't get the time to hike Lion's Head. But either is cool because you get amazing views of the city down below. We already mentioned going to the V&A waterfront. There's tons to do there. There's a giant Ferris wheel that you can go around in to see good thing, um, good views of, of Cape Town and everything like that. There's also a rugby museum there that I didn't get to but looked awesome. And that's where like the food market is. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're going to end up at the V&A waterfront because it's cool and there's yeah. just stuff to do. So when we were talking about our first day in Cape Town and being really epic, this is what happened. We woke up, we met Jacqueline, and it was a stunning day. Pulled ourselves out of bed. Pulled ourselves out of bed. It was like 75 to 80 degrees. It was the best weather we had the whole trip. But at this point, we didn't know it would be the best weather that we would have the whole trip. But everybody in Cape Town will tell you that the weather changes all the time. I mean, you're right on two oceans. Yeah. Throughout the day, it could change a lot. So on that Sunday, you know, we met Jacqueline and we got food and we hung out. And she's like, listen, if I could recommend one thing for you guys to do, it's a bit of a splurge, but you should do the helicopter ride. And, you know, we don't usually do these big, huge touristy things. And we've never done a helicopter. But I don't know why. For some reason, we were all kind of sold on it. And everybody was like, do it today because you don't know if you'll have good weather even the rest of your whole trip. So we kind of seized the day and we did a helicopter ride and it was so much fun and the weather was perfect. And we got up in the helicopter and then pilot was kind of doing a couple little tricks and getting us right up close to the mountain, which he says normally he can't do because it's too windy and whatever. So we did the helicopter ride. It was awesome. Yeah. Cape Town is a very windy city, so they can't do it all the time. And with the mountain there, the weather just goes crazy. So it was a gorgeous day. You know, we actually, I I wrote out our whole itinerary. I took way too long writing out our whole itinerary and posted an extra pack of peanuts. That will be linked in the show notes. Um, But you should check that out because we kind of go into more detail of some of this stuff. So we're just giving you a brief overview here. But opt for the 20-minute helicopter ride. It's a little more expensive and definitely bargain. We got them down to about $80 per person for a 20-minute helicopter Mm -hmm. ride for three of us, you know, so 240 total. And it was, you know, is it a splurge? Yeah. But is a helicopter ride in most places way more expensive? Yes. Yeah. So do a helicopter ride. It was really cool. When you're at the waterfront, you can also then do a sunset cruise, which is what we then did after the helicopter ride. So we just threw it all into these first and like thank goodness we 10 did, hours. Because every other day was either sunny, but too cold or rainy. So we did the sunset cruise and that was really fun too. Yeah, so the sunset cruise, and that'll run you like 15 bucks or something like that at night. So you can do all that from the V&A waterfront. All of that's recommended. Kirsten Bosch Gardens is a great place to go, even if you're not like a flower lover or anything like me. I don't really care, but it's supposedly the most beautiful gardens in Africa, and it's it's right down at the base of Table Mountain. So we actually hiked Table Mountain that day. I went to Kirsten Bosch Gardens that afternoon. So it's kind of cool because you're looking up at the mountain, you're right at the base, you're like, Oh man, I was at the top of that today. Um, and it's cool, and they have a little yeah. canopy walk and things like it's that. Really, it's, it's, it's really, it's beautiful. Like five bucks it's or six really bucks. Beautiful. Yeah. And you got to see that King Protea. If you're a flower lover, this means something. Yeah. So the South Africa has this beautiful flower called the Protea. It's their national flower, and it's really beautiful. And they have a whole section of the gardens there dedicated to this beautiful flower. So that's really cool. Um, so I definitely recommend going. There. And that's and that's a little south of Cape Town. And another really neat thing to do, again, with a car, and you could do all this with that hop-on, hop-off bus. They go to Kirsten Bosch Garden and mm-hmm. stuff. One of my favorite days was driving down to the Cape of Good Hope. And so, so should we talk about all the different drives you can do from Cape Town, not including the garden route? Sure. So There's a few. That's yeah. kind of some of the things to do. Yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. So You can do the Cape of Good Hope, which we'll definitely talk extensively about. But you can also start in Cape Town and kind of hop down the little coastal towns to Hao Bay. So we did, you start in Cape Town, you can drive through Camps Bay. Yeah, Clifton, Camps Bay, and then down to Houts Bay, which also has a market. 
Yeah, that was on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So if you can't hit the old biscuit mill, that, or even if you do and you like markets, that's a cool market. To yeah, hit. that was really fun. So you can do that whole drive. Then you can do the Chapman's Peak. And that was a really cool drive. It's short, but that was cool. So you take that from Houts Bay. Yeah, you take that from Houts Bay, essentially, and you go, you go even further, kind of like inland and then along the coast and like through the cliffs. It's a... It's a neat drive and that yeah. will keep that will continue to take you south and then so if you wanted to do all that like in the morning that could be the beginning of your drive down to the Cape of Good Hope like you could start that do that and then keep going straight down to the Cape of Good Hope. Yeah. And it would be kind of a lot of driving in one day but the way we did the Cape Hour and of Good Hope and a half to Hope, 2 hours one way. Yeah. When we did the Cape of Good Hope, we went to Musenberg, which is just a coastal town that has all of these colored huts on the beach. So everybody recommends going there. It's cool. We went and the weather was kind of inclement, so it wasn't very enjoyable to see that. But I think if it was a sunny day or summer or summer, you might enjoy that little spot more. But we started in Musenberg and then we went through Bells Bay. Is that what it's called? No, it's called Cock Bay. Oh, Cock Bay. Yeah. Oh, we... Cock Bay and then down around um, to Boulder's Beach. Right. And that's how we went to the Cape of Good Hope. And Boulder's Beach is the place where you can see the penguins. Yeah. So the easiest place in the world to see penguins. And um, it's worth stopping in. Uh, there's a beach that sometimes you can actually like be with the penguins, but there's no penguins there when we were there. We could see them from the little observing platform, but it's pretty cool. You go to the beach and you see penguins there and then you continue. So like, definitely recommend it. I mean, yes. going to the Cape of Good Hope, highly recommended. You have to stop on Bowler's Beach. So no matter which way you go, whether you go the way, the kind of drive that we talked about first, Houts Bay, Chapman's Peak, and then down the western coast, down to the Cape, and then back up the eastern way by Boulder's Beach, or do it the other way. It doesn't really matter, um, but you should do both ways, you know, to see different things. Boulder's Beach is is definitely cool to see. I mean, you're seeing penguins in real life, and they're like on a beach, and it's warm weather. And the colors are really beautiful. The water is like this aqua color, and it just it's really cool, even though I was a little disappointed because I imagined that we'd be like frolicking with these penguins on the beach. I kind of did too. Like we'd be on a beach, and there'd be penguins around us. That didn't happen. No, but but whatever. It's still cool. Still cool. And the Cape of Good Hope, we should say, you know, we thought... I don't know what I thought. I thought you would just show up and it'd be like a, a lookout point and that'd be it. Well, it's like a huge national park down there. Yes. So even just driving to the end where the Cape is, once you get in the park is 15, 20 minutes. So we got there like an hour and a half, two hours before closing. I would suggest if you're going to get down there, try get there to- early because there's hiking routes all throughout it. I mean, you can park at one point and hike along the coast to another one of the beaches. It's huge. It's a massive national park and there's quite a few different lookouts that you can do. So there's the actual Cape of Good Hope lookout and then there's some other lookout where the lighthouse is and, you know, you could spend a whole day there even, especially if you wanted to do some hiking because there's like two to three hour hikes throughout the park. Yeah, I would recommend getting up early, going down one of the probably if you're in Cape Town going down the western coast and uh, yeah spending time doing that and then spending four hours at Cape of Good Hope and then you know make your way and go to Boulder's Beach on the way back something like that but yeah lots of cool stuff to do a few other things like in Cape Town uh, there's a lot of museums some that we didn't get to like the District 6 Museum we really wanted to see Mm -hmm. we didn't get a chance to do that Um, you do want to drive up Signal Hill that's great for sunsets and that's easy to drive up and And you um, can pack a picnic or wine beer whatever and just chill out up there and watch the sun go down that's really cool yeah and then just exploring the different neighborhoods you know during the day it's safe to walk around so do that um the gardens greenpoint district six woodstock some of the ones we've touched on just kind of walking around the neighborhood and getting a feel for it bow cop is an area that used to be predominantly muslim and they have really colorful houses there so you might want to walk through there Um, i'm going to add one more thing to do if you're a guy and you need a haircut (laughs) or you want to get shaved go to yogi's barbershop it's awesome yeah, they clipped Travis pretty tight. I mean, he had some short hair, but it looked very good. And it's really fun. He enjoys doing that in different parts of the world. Yeah. So that's kind of downtown Cape Town. Now, the rest will, I promise you, will not be as long yeah. because we didn't spend as much time there. So let's move on to the wine country. And when we say wine country, we mean Stellenbosch, Somerset West areas where we stayed. There's other ones, Franchuk and Parle which are you know other wine countries that we didn't get to. But this Stellenbosch one is about 45 minutes east of Cape Town. 
Yeah. So if you're coming into the airport, you know, Cape Town is about 20 minutes one way and then Stellenbosch is 20 minutes the other way. So it's easy depending on what time you want to go during your trip. And we stayed at an amazing place. There, so, there are so many B&Bs out there. I mean, that's, you know, you go to wine country, you want to stay on B&Bs. We found one online and then we, we thought we booked it. And then when we got there, I hadn't actually booked it, but they were more than accommodating the host. Leon and Luke were great. It's called Friedenberg Manor, but it's with a V. It's V-R-E. So we were saying Vredenberg, but they're like, it's no, Friedenberg. you know. Um, Friedenberg Manor also has like seven rooms. Um, the breakfasts are amazing. And they said the breakfasts are even more epic in the summer. Yeah. And we were just there in the off season and they were so delicious. So We should touch on that real quick. We were there in September, which is coming out of winter and going into spring. So prices were a little lower for most stuff. And places were available. And places were available. But if but you're going in December through February, I would book ahead. Yeah, they say it gets really packed. Stuff's a little stuff's more expensive. Um, but obviously you have the benefit of it being super nice weather and you can like swim, which you can't really swim no. in Cape Town. Uh, it's pretty cold when we were there in September. But Frieden, Friedenberg Manor is awesome, and we would highly recommend that you stay there. Any of the Airbnbs are probably going to be good, but we know this is top Yeah, notch. and we stayed there for four nights. We kept extending our stay because we loved it that much. And then we went back for our last night, actually, because yes, we wanted we a good breakfast in the morning. So before we went to the airport in the morning, we got the good breakfast. So highly recommend that. That'll be linked up in the show notes, and it's linked up in our itinerary. So eat and do, I mean, you can kind of combine these a little bit because, I mean, it's wineries, right? So you're eating and you're drinking, but we'll start with just the eating. Travis's favorite spot, the Thirsty Scarecrow. Yes, there's, all right, so there's a really cool place called the Thirsty Scarecrow. It's on a strawberry farm. It's also right next to another restaurant called the Farmer's Kitchen, which is open for lunch. And then the Thirsty Scarecrow is open for dinner and like drinks. And um, they're right next to each other on this on this strawberry farm. And the thirsty, thirsty Scarecrow, the food's pretty good. It's like pub grub. Mm-hmm. They have craft beer. They also have a fantastic home-brewed strawberry beer, which is super sweet. So you can only really have one of them. It's like but drinking strawberry juice. It's so good. Um, and then the Farmer's Kitchen, which is open for lunch, has even better food yeah so definitely go there for lunch yeah we went and got a pizza and it was like a hundred rand which is like seven bucks the salad was good so good they had an amazing carrot cake oh yeah Yeah. so go there to that thirsty scarecrow farmer's kitchen uh no matter when it's open whether it's evening or lunch maybe go for lunch and then go back for for dinner and you from friedenberg man it's like a five minute drive yeah and then another place that we hit up actually was in the town of stellenbosch which is a really cute town it's called Calcaccio Pizza, and this is another small pizza chain in Cape Town area, and their pizza was really good. I mean, you know, for a chain place, it's not fast food. It's a sit-down restaurant, but right. it was nice. It hit the spot. Yeah, and of course, you're, you're in wine country, so when we talk about what to do, it's like, duh, go to the wineries. Yeah. Okay, that's what you do. And so, so there, many... There's how many? In, in, oh. it, on the wine route alone, in just in Stellenbosch, not in these other wine regions... There was like 80, 80 that was my guess too. And so there's a lot lot to choose from. Yeah, and a lot of them have restaurants at the wineries. And we went to one, Jordan Winery, which Travis wasn't a huge fan of because he thought that it was like... Their food was overpriced. He thought it was a little overpriced and like kind of hoity-toity. But it had the best view of any place we'd seen in all of wine country. It's well worth the extra inflated price to sit there and have lunch. Well, or you could just go and taste. Or like you go could and just taste. go and taste. But they have an exceptional gourmet restaurant, which we didn't even get a chance to eat at because you have to book ahead even in the off season. It's renowned for being really amazing. But they also have a cafe and a bakery and the bakery had amazing breads and different things. So we ate in the cafe and we had like just a little tasting plate and it was very very good, but it was smaller portion than other places. So have. go to Jordan for the views and, and eat there. Don't let Travis like dissuade you. Anyway, their wine was very good. They had the best Chardonnay I thought of any of the other wineries. And Heather knows her wine. We went to a few others too. I mean, like we said, there's eighty, so you can take your pick. But here are some we liked. 
Um, Delheim Hath we went to. That's really far away, but they have a cupcake and wine pairing, <laughs> which we didn't get to try because you have to order that ahead. But that's pretty unique. Yeah, and then we went to Ken Forrester, which is kind of like a big name one. It wasn't that great, but they had okay whites, and everybody t- says to go there. So yeah, yeah, and but and there's a of course there's one that was the smallest, and of course I have to go to anything that's like the oldest, the smallest, the thisest, whatever it is. So Lovain is the smallest winery in this area, and uh, they had a pretty cool cellar, like a, a cool tasting room, and their wine was okay. It was okay. So you can check out Lovain. That's on the way. From Jordan, if you're coming from everything we did, came from yeah. Vredenburg Manor. So right. Ken Forrester's right next to it. But our favorite, the one that if you go out, and here's the thing with the wine country, we we would recommend you stay out there for a couple of days yes, at least. Absolutely. If you can't, if you've got a really quick trip through through Cape Town, you can do day tours out there. Like you can either rent your own car and go out for a day and come back. It's only 45 minutes away, or you can hire companies to take you. But go to. Annandale, which is the best winery out there. It is small, but it's rustic. It's fun. It feels very authentic. And they had the best reds of any winery that we went to. It's unlike the people at Ken Forrester told us. It's unlike any other winery here. And uh, that's because it's not pretentious at all. In fact, the guys who serve you will probably be drunk because we went at 4 p.m. (laughs) and they were already there drunk. But really fun. Yeah, really rustic. It's kind of like not a not an old beaten up farmhouse, but a, a restored farmhouse, but not done in like a no, really... No, and like there were cobwebs. It was just yeah. like charming in this old world type of way. Yeah. Other cool things. Owned by a former Springbok national team rugby player, um, and which is really cool. And it's also, they have their own braai, which we haven't talked about braais yet, surprisingly. That's right. We haven't. But a braai is the South African word for a barbecue. Right. And we actually did a braai when we were out in wine country at Vredenburg Manor for my sister's birthday. They cooked up all sorts of meats for us and it was really fun. But if you can't work something like that out, go to Annandale and you just bring your own meats yeah, and we- they cook it for you. <laughs> well, no, the- you cook it, I think, or right? Maybe. They said they have a braai going. So you yeah. walk into this room and there's like a big oven. There's a yeah, it's like I have a fire like pit. Like a brick there. oven fire pit. And they're like, uh, yeah, you could. We had, we were hungry. Like, do you have any food? They're like, um, you can bring your own meat and cook it here. We're like, you just keep this going all day. They're like, yeah, of course, man. So we were like, okay, we'll come back to Annandale and do our own braai. So if you get a chance, do a braai. I can't believe it took us this long to even mention the idea of a braai. Yeah. But do a braai and head to Annandale. It is the best winery. It's unlike any of the others. Um, you know, check them all out as many as you can, maybe not all 80, but go to make sure you go to Annandale because it's unlike anything else. So wrapping this up, we're going to end with the garden route, which everyone tells you to do and says it's the best drive in all of South Africa. Well, we beg to differ. Yeah. The garden route basically takes you, uh, you know, if you start in Cape Town, you go along the coast and it's pretty cool in the beginning because you can go down by a town called Hermanus, which isn't actually on the garden route, but go to Hermanus for whale watching. And then, but then you start, and it usually the typical garden route starts at Mossel Bay and goes all the way to Plettenberg Bay. And we thought it would be an on the coast route, like the Great Ocean Road in Australia or, or the PCH in California. Yeah, so we're like, oh, this is going to be an epic drive. It is a highway no. that is along the coast, but not on the coast. Like, it's through farm countries. So yeah. You can't even see the ocean. No. You're not, it's not at all what you would think of a coastal drive. So go into it with that and you won't be disappointed because the cool thing to do on this drive is that you have to leave the highway, exit the highway, and drive to all of these coastal towns. Right. So that's... And, and the they're co- like... 10 minutes off. Some yeah. of them are 30, but some are 10, some are five. So visiting the towns is really cool, but the actual drive kind of sucks and it's really long. So just be prepared. I'm not going to say to skip it because it is cool. And when we finally figured out that it wasn't this coastal drive and we just, you know, enjoyed it for what it was and we made it to the town of Plettenberg and we did this epic hike there, it was awesome. Right. But if if you don't have a lot of time, that's the one of the three regions I would hi- I would definitely cut out. You know, yes. I'd, I'd obviously do Cape Town. You're gonna do Cape Town and do wine country. Skip the garden route. But if you have time, do it. Just don't expect the drive, as Heather said, to be great. Um, we stopped one night in a town called Arniston and stayed at this like really this farm, this fisherman's house that was booked for us by the people at Friedenberg. We would not recommend that. Um, 
instead, I would stop in either a town of Nysna or Wilderness because they're on the way as well. And if you don't want to do the whole thing from Cape Town to Plettenberg Bay, those are two towns that you can no, stop because in. Because Cape Town to Plettenberg Bay is about four and a half to five hour yeah, drive. Yeah, it's, it's five if you get three speeding tickets on the way back like I did. Mm-hmm. It's longer if you're not speeding. Right. So if you want to stop about halfway, you can stop in Wilderness or Nisna. And Wilderness is really great. We had an amazing lunch there at this restaurant called Salinas. That w- yeah, yeah. In and that is right on the beach. Oh, but are we talking about where we were sleeping Well, first? that was right in... No, it's fine. No. That's where we were right on Wilderness Beach. And Salinas is a great place to grab a lunch or dinner. We did both mm-hmm. on, on the way there, on the way back. And um, Nisna is, has a lot of cool stuff to see, too. It's more of a town. More of a town. So you could also stay there. But what we ended up doing was staying two nights in Plettenberg, which is a really cool town. And we stayed at this beautiful little hotel, guest house, it was called. Yeah, it's called the Roberg, Roberg Beach Club. And um, a little pricey. We got it for 65 a night because we found a really good deal on Hotels.com. It, it like was supposed to price out like a hundred and thirty a night, but if you see it, it it's really cool because it's right there on Roberg Beach and or Roberg. I forget how they I pronounce think Roberg. it. Roberg, and you just walk across the street and then you're at the beach. So that's really cool and it has nice views and they have great service there. They it's you know included with breakfast and the breakfast was very good. Yeah, it really was. So it's it's a cool place to spend a night or two in Plattenburg Bay right. if you're there. And what we did there was this hike. So there's Roberg National Park, and it's this cliff hike where you go. It's about you can do half the hike for two hours, or you can go completely around this cape for four and a half hours. And it's all of four and a half hours. Yeah, it's it long. is long, but it is stunning because you're just ho- hiking along these cliffs. You can see a seal colony. If you're lucky, you can even see a great white shark eat a seal. We did not, we did but not apparently it's common because a lot of people told us they've seen it. Yeah, and you're like you're like eighty to a hundred feet above like where the water is most of the time. So you're just looking out as far as the eye can see back at Plettenberg, um, across the bay. You're like it's it's really awesome. Yeah, awesome. And hike. then you get to the end of the cape and you're like walking on the cliffs and you're like, is this the right way? You think you've gone the wrong way? You think the tide's going to come in and like wash you out to sea? But it doesn't. It's safe. Whatever. As long as you're not there during high tide. Right. And um, you can, we even saw whales kind of far out in the distance. So it's an amazing hike and well worth the excursion out there. Plus the town of Plett is really cool. Yeah. So there's, yeah, that's kind of what to do in Plettenberg Bay. Um, you know, when it's nicer weather, you can swim and relax at the beach. I did run into the water. It's a little warmer on the Indian Ocean side where we were than on the Atlantic Ocean side, which is the other side of Cape Town. Um, but it was still cold in September. But, yeah. uh, you know, during the summer, it's really warm and really nice. They have a, the world's highest bungee jump. Yep. So if right you're feeling there. adventurous, you can do that. We did not do that. I kind of wanted to. We never got around to it. But again, it's the highest. So, you know, I was tempted. Yep. And you can also do the shark cave diving in that area cage as diving, well. Yeah. The cage diving. Yeah, we did not do that as well. But there's a lot to do there along the garden route and a lot of places to stop. A few places to eat in Plet to, to kind of wrap Plet up. Plet, sorry, I'm saying Plet. It's like we're locals. Plettenberg, it's Plettenberg Bay. Yeah, Plettenberg Bay, but they call it Plet. Um, we ate at the table the first night. It was awesome. They have great pizza. It's an Italian restaurant. They also have outdoor seating, great wine list, great cocktails, really fun. Lots of people go there. We also went to this place called the Fat Fish. Yeah. And this was the day that we had done the five hour hike and we didn't take any food or anything with us. So we had eaten like breakfast in the morning and didn't eat anything till 8 p.m. when we ate the fat fish. So probably anything would have tasted good, but this was amazing. It was one of the best meals of the trip. Absolutely. One of the best meals. So it's a seafood restaurant and we... The fried calamari was to die for because it was so lightly breaded, Mm -hmm. but it was so good and fresh and we got some... Your favorite thing you ate the whole time. salad. This really great prawn salad, lightly battered, Super fresh, very light tasting, and then the fish and chips was amazing. Everything we got was very good, and this place was a little more expensive. But we're still talking like still talking. eight dollars for the yeah. salad. We're talking for the calamari like ten dollars, yeah. and I think fish and chips was like eight or seven dollars. Yeah. So still pretty affordable and on the cheap side comparatively, and it was awesome. Yeah. So that and so that's the garden route. And again, we hit all three of those regions. We hit Cape Town. We then hit the wine country, and we hit the garden route. Garden route was cool. 
if you're not expecting an amazing coastal drive, maybe we've been spoiled by the Great Ocean Road and the PCA. And even just the other coastal drives that we did around Cape Town. Right. You because know? like going Cape down to the Good Cape Hope. of Good Hope was much cooler than yeah. this garden route, which everyone said, oh, it's an amazing drive. So um, I would recommend if you're doing the garden route, they have cameras that uh, take a picture <laughs> of you if you're speeding and then you get a speeding ticket. And uh, that happened to me three times within two hours. So... Um, at least I think I got a speeding ticket because it know. took a picture of me three times. We're still waiting on the bill. Maybe it'll never come. But I would exercise some caution because you're going to, you keep going through little towns. So it drops from like 120 kilometers down to 80, down to 60. So when you see them, just make sure you're slowing down or else you could end up with tickets. So, Heth, what we do with all Destination Diaries, we forgot to mention this at the top of the show, we do a thing where at the end, we talk about our can't miss, our skip, and our regret. Okay? So, and we, and we make ourselves only mention one thing for each. Okay? Like, if you go to Cape Town, what is the absolute best thing that you cannot miss? What's the one thing you could skip? What's the one thing that we didn't do that you do wish we had done? So, let's start with the can't miss. You go first. Okay. I have a lot. But <laughs> of course you do. Again, I'm going to say, I, I, man, this city rules. I need to go back. The, my can't miss, though, is hiking Table Mountain. Um, Heather mentioned it's difficult. It is difficult. If you can't hike it, you know, take the cable car up. It's still really cool. Or hike up Lion's Head. But hiking Table Mountain, I mean, forever, we'll be able to look at that mountain whenever they show pictures of Cape Town and be like, we hike to the top of that. So even if your legs are burning and you're sad, and you're crying, or anything like that, take your time, take water, take some food, hike up Table Mountain. Okay. So my can't miss is, obviously, you're going to explore Cape Town, but my can't miss is doing the wine regions, not Stellenbosch, because you're probably going to do Stellenbosch too, but the ones that we went to just outside of Cape Town, the Constantia region where we went to Klein Constantia and Groot Constantia, and then the other winery up north. So just kind of exploring the wineries that are a little bit closer. But not the Stellenbosch one. Well, because I think everyone's going to go to Stellenbosch. All That's right, the okay. renowned... All right, so you're kind of throwing an extra one. I'm okay, throwing an right. extra one in. Like, don't miss Stellenbosch. But right. if, you know, because everyone's going to go. Okay. But the other ones, maybe not everyone will do. Okay. All right. Now, you're skipped. Do you want me to go first for this? I think we might be equal on All the right. skip. Mine here. is... Mine, I'll tell you, mine is driving the garden route. I, again, it's cool to do, but if you have limited time, we were there for 18 days. We never even told you guys, I don't think, how long we were there. We were there 18 days. If you don't have that much time, I would skip driving the garden route. I would... I would kind of, I would agree with that, I think, but I would almost skip hiking Table Mountain because I hated it so much. I loved the hike in Plett a hundred times more than the hike up Table Mountain. Okay. So you would skip hiking Table Mountain. Would would you tell them to take the cable car or would you say like, don't do cable? No, do the cable car, obviously. (laughs) So get the reward without the pain. Sure. All right. (laughs) And what is the regret? Because there is a lot that we didn't get to do, believe it or not, in 18 days. We took it pretty lax and our itinerary, as I mentioned, our full itinerary is going to be in the show notes. You can get that. And it's broken down every single thing we ate and every single thing we did. But we took it pretty lax. What was the one thing that you regret missing that when we go back, you've got to do? So there's another region close to Stellenbosch called Franschuk. Franschuk? Yeah, Franschuk, Franschuk. And it's another wine region, but it's in the mountains. So everybody says driving up there is really beautiful. And so I kind of wish that we would have been able to do that. More wineries. Yeah. So you can't miss wineries. Yeah. Regret that you well, didn't go you to know. enough wineries. All right. There's it's a common It's all about theme. wine. Your wine glass is empty, so we got to wrap <laughs> this up soon. You're actually drinking Delheim wine. I was, because we started this podcast earlier and messed it up, so we had to start over. Yeah, so and by that time, I was like, hey, I need some wine. <laughs> My regret. Seven o'clock on a Friday. This was very, very. 7 p.m. <laughs> Yeah, clarify. This was very difficult. I, again, I'm holding myself to one. I'm not even going to mention honorable mentions, um, except one. I would dive with the sharks. I would cage dive with the sharks if we went back. I'm bummed <laughs> we missed that because that's a once in a lifetime experience. But I regret not taking a township tour. And what a township tour is, um, the townships are the areas that 
uh, are more impoverished. And I know there's a lot of controversy over, you know, poverty tourism and things like that. But apparently they run the township tours really well. You actually go in with a local guide who lives in the township and shows you how these people live and, and things like that. And so you are putting money back into the townships and you just get to see another side of Cape Town because there is a big divide between the rich and the poor. But a lot of the townships that people live there are aren't unhappy. You know what I mean? They might not have a lot, but they, they, they do things. They're entrepreneurs. You know, they sell things, stuff like that. So I just really wanted to see that side of it because you drive by on the highways and stuff sometimes, um, but we didn't get to do a township tour. I've only heard really good things from people. So don't go in by yourself, obviously, but go in and on the hop-on, hop-off bus, they actually have a, a good township tour tied into that. I've heard that they offer it and that you go in with local people. So yeah. that's something I would like to that do. That would definitely be an interesting experience. Yeah. So there you guys go. Uh, It's been an hour. We didn't think it would take this long, but it's Cape Town. I mean, I could, we wouldn't be doing it justice if we didn't talk this long about Cape Town because man, it was, it is one of my favorite cities in the world. There, the scenery is gorgeous. Absolutely. It's stunning. You're, you have the mountains and the ocean right there. You can get to the wineries Mm -hmm. in 25 minutes. You can get to tiny beach towns in 20 minutes adventure sports you have hiking i mean it's all there you have amazing food you have good sports we didn't even talk about the fact that the big world cup stadiums there and they have big you know events come through and things like that it is it's a fascinating fascinating city it's a cool vibe and i like that it's not too big it's about four hundred thousand people so it's big enough to have everything you want Mm -hmm. but certainly not overwhelming it's not like a east coast u.s city or right. anything like and that. and if it didn't take us 40 hours to travel there i might consider letting Trav buy property there yeah i but... spent a lot of time talking to realtors and things like that it's a hike it's a hike to get there but it's well, well worth, worth the it. trip so guys we highly suggest you check out cape town as i have mentioned we've done two things to help you out because we love the city so much and we know so many people are going and have asked us about it so i would highly suggest you check out on extrapackofpeanuts.com um, we did an itinerary. And as I mentioned, I broke down every day of the 18 days, exactly where we ate, linked everything up. So the stuff we've talked about in here, we'll link in the show notes, but check out that itinerary because that gives you the real blow by blow. Um, and we also have made an eat, sleep, do kind of travel guide for Cape Town as well. That's just basically like this in written form. So if you're forgetting what we're talking about, but you're just like, I'm going because you guys are so enthusiastic about it, check that out. All that's linked up at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods in the show notes. Yeah, I guess that wraps it up. That does wrap it up, guys. I want to mention one more time, such a cool thing. If you want to join the email newsletter list, grab your phone right now if that's what you're listening on. Text PEANUTS. You know how to spell it because I spelled it (laughs) twice in the beginning. Peanuts to 33444. Text that. You'll be asked to join the email newsletter. We'd love to have you on there. And I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, as always, Tortuga Backpacks. Love their backpacks. They were with me while I was down in Cape Town. Um, If you want a backpack, check out tortugabackpacks.com. Use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital letters. There I am spelling it again. Just want you guys to know. All capital letters. That will get you 10% off your entire order. Heth, we're not in Cape Town, but we have some Cape Town wine. I think it's time to celebrate and go drink some. All right. Sounds good. Until next time. Happy free travels. I'll show you Paris.